Ultra. Welcome back to the Cornetto Minute, the daily podcast where we investigate the gunfights, car chases, and proper action of Hot Fuzz one minute at a time. I'm Scott Corelli. I'm Nick Jimenez. And today we're about to go off on minute 17, which begins with Frank introducing Angel to his son Danny and ends with Frank telling Angel that his predecessor had one thing that he doesn't. <sighs> and we're, uh, we're left wondering what it is. Yeah, we're left wondering what it is. We'll never know. Ah, what could it be? I'm excited. What could be that thing? We had a whole minute of broadband. I like how, you know, mm-hmm. go, going forward, we're going to get everyone all at once. But but broadband gets a whole minute to himself. Mm-hmm. Broadband minute. Broadband. Dude. Uh, so, you know, right around the time that I first started realizing that I that I was like in love with movies, mm-hmm. you know, like when it was like, oh, I don't just like watching these. I like knowing about them and how they're made and, and whatnot. Mm-hmm. It was right around the time that Jim Broadbent was having his golden streak of like mm-hmm. Moulin Rouge, Bridget Jones's diary. Uh, I don't know. He was just, he was just, a, he was just a, uh, fi- an early figure of like, you know, those, those character actors were looking at them. You're like, Oh, this is going to be good. Like he's someone that's I'm interested in watching. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, seeing him in this, like back when it first came out was like, Oh, and I think this is one of his better performances. Yeah. Yeah, he can be uh, he can be very cartoony occasionally. He's big. He's broad. And actually, yeah. one, one of the things hey, I'm not. Yeah. He's broad. He's bent. He's bent. <laughs> he's Jim broad he's, bent. I'm like his agent. Look at this. You've never seen a kid like him. Look at him act. <laughs> it's true. I'm trained in form. <laughs> Look at my kid. Look at my kid. My motherfucker falls asleep. Sheep count him. <laughs> he was in one of his big things that he uh, one of his first big breakthroughs as an actor was he was in several uh, Edinburgh fringe, fringe festival shows. Uh, things like the greatest story ever told, the complete guide to sex, all the world's a globe, and um, in that he and actor Patrick Marlowe would perform uh, multiple characters, mm-hmm. like while telling these stories of like history and and mythology and stuff, and he would play male and female characters and like run around the stage. So I think his roots are in broad theatrics, mm-hmm. and I think that's why he's so memorably used in movies like Moulin Rouge, yeah, and this. Where yeah. you can sell lines and 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 be just a little bit bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we've also seen him play, you know, remarkably, you know, human characters. And you know, he's known for his work with Mike Lee. Uh, I don't know. He's he's a pretty extraordinary actor. Yeah, he is. Uh, no, Jim Broadbent's get great. Um, yeah, I I would have known him prior to this. I think I would have known him from uh primarily from uh Bridget Jones's Br- Bridget Jones's diary, I would mm-hmm. say, as Bridget Jones's um father. Yes. Daddy. Uh and uh, then uh uh Doctor Doctor's companion listeners might know him as uh the bashful do- the shy doctor mm-hmm. in the uh, the comic relief sketch. Yeah, from- I believe he was the uh 11th doctor in uh, that yeah. in that thing cuz I think he Right, because he was he was he was Hugh Gr- he was Rowan Atkinson, mm-hmm. and then Hugh Grant, and then 
the one guy. Richard E. Grant? Yeah, Richard E. Grant. Cool. Yep. Hugh Grant, Richard E. Grant, and then Jim Broadbent, and then the lady from Absolutely Fabulous. Yes. Yeah. Um, Very but, godmother. Yeah. So I think he was either he was either 11 or 12 in Curse of Fatal Death, but... Um, that was like oh one, so yeah. right around right right before <laughs> his hot streak, I guess. He played he played Doctor Who for thirty seconds. Um, and he saved I, eight million. Lives. He did, and I dare you to do better. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a joke just for Dick. Yes. <laughs> um, Jim Broadbent was Doctor Who for thirty seconds, and he saved the lives of the entire universe. So right. <laughs> So, yeah, he really hasn't really been in that many movies before this. I mean, maybe this is just a broad stroking, but I don't know. And and it's, God, he just, uh, I, I wish he was in more, I wish he was more of a mainstay in the right repertory. Mm-hmm. If I'm not mistaken, I, don't, I think this is his only appearance. Is he in World's End at all? No. Yeah. So this is his only, that's strange. Yeah. That's strange for an Edgar Wright movie. Uh, yeah, but he, he tends to just have his, his crew. And then there's like other people around him. Like Bill, Bill Nye got grandfathered in because he played his stepdad. In yes. He got that. stepfathered in. Yeah. He got stepfathered in, but, um, and everyone it, else that repeats tends to be like, that's true. Like, like Rafael uh, Spall's your right. Yeah. But like Rob Roseman Pike is kind of a one-time addition. Mm-hmm. Uh, at least so far. Right. Oh. Everyone in this movie is a one-time addition. True. 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 Yeah. Like Coleman didn't really come back. Right. So, uh, let's talk about this, uh, this joy of a family photo. Um, it's pretty great. I mean, uh, first off, uh, hats fucking off. No pun intended to whoever they got to be young Danny Butterman. If that is, if that is, maybe that is just young Nick Frost, like photoshopped into a photo. I think that's just young Nick Frost photoshopped into okay, this cool. photo. Yeah. Because I'm if pretty not, sure that's uncanny. And, uh, and yeah, it, it looks, it looks remarkable. If I'm not mistaken, that it's very similar to what these two will wear in a future scene of the movie. Mm-hmm. And it, yeah. And I, I, I think it going, going back to what we were saying last minute with like, everything is suddenly explained once it's revealed that Danny is a cop. Mm-hmm. Everything is even more sharply explained seconds later when he's like, this is my son. And you yeah. can see it on Angel's face. Where he's like, oh, I'm something of a wild West <laughs> nut. <laughs> I I love that. He feels the need to excuse himself for like a photo he has in his office that a family photo. Yeah. A family photo. You'll have to I beg your pardon for this show of emotion. I was almost got, I got turned into like American Michael Fossbender. Yeah. Um, also, uh, uh, Danny's mother, uh, like it, it's, there is uh there, there are some uncomfortable uh connotations right. going on Movie with me my Pocahontas princess. I wow. Yeah. Like wow. <laughs> hey man. She can't be a cowgirl? Oh no. We we're we're just now figuring out how how fucked up our version of the story is. Who knows what version of the story the UK was getting? I know. Of of what who knows what his vision of the American West to is. say nothing of the fact that she's like white and blonde, but yeah, and it was but that's the, neither here nor there. It was the seventies, you know. Yeah, this, this would have been the se- yeah, seventies or eighties. I am yeah. very interested. You know, I, I I do wish in the version of this movie, a version of this movie that's like eight hours long. I would love to see what Frank Butterman's Western collection is like. What his Point Break and Bad Boys Two are. I want to know what style because the Western is such a diverse genre. Mm-hmm. You know, you could say someone could say that you know, your grandpa could be like, "I love westerns, man. They're b- b- good movies, man. I love them so much." But then you can show them like, you know, Zapata or 
like even like a like a really bloody like Italian western. It's like no, you you know that they to them it's like John Ford, right? Sure, or like stagecoach. Well, and I think what's also interesting about this moment of him being really into the Wild West is like. Nicholas Angel represents like 90s action movies. Yes. And so it's very much a like an exchange of masculinity of like the kinds of movies that masculine males enjoyed. So like yes. his generation loved Westerns, whereas like the Nicholas Angel uh, Gen- Danny generation, Butterman, yeah. Danny Butterman generation, they like more of like the Michael Bay. Uh, Point Break, Johnny Utah. You're right. Yeah. yeah like you're so I think I think that's really interesting that that they're even showing the generational divide between like no, it's the kinds of movies yeah. that they like. But I would love to see. I think it would inform a lot of Frank Butterman's philosophy to see mm-hmm. which westerns he was inspired. He seems to me like yeah. he would be like a John Ford. Oh, like for sure. Well, and and, John and, Wayne. and not only that, but like the thing that that he's doing, which is you know I'm the sheriff I'm of this the town for these here parts. Right. Yeah. He's doing that, uh, and it's really interesting. I don't know. It's. His his love of westerns, I think, uh, has a larger par- part of like what builds his character. Yeah, more than you would probably think, and it's really interesting considering who his son is, right? And, and that he's kind of the same way, just about '90s action movies. Yeah, you know, and if you look at the perspective of Sanford as a as Frank Butterman's western town, mm-hmm. you know, like yeah, like like Danny almost kind of fits that archetype too of like the bumbling sheriff's son, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. Like, I, I'm very interested to see what, like, what, what Frank is disciplined, what he's really disciplining Angel about in this scene. Like, what, like, what is, because there, there is kind of this undercurrent of like toe the line, pal. It's, right. it's masked behind layers and layers of, of Jim Broadbent, like, affability. But <laughs> I think the subtext is like, hey, man, chill out. Yeah, chill. Chill. This isn't London. And it's yeah, and I, I and but then he's also like you know the last sheriff had a nervous breakdown. It's like but you just said this was the safest city in town. Like are you warning me about yeah? Don't, don't they, underestimate the town, right? Or do underestimate the town, right? That's true. That is true. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I don't know, but I think but I think the message is mixed on almost on purpose because like. Uh, you know, he does like they had to come up with a story as to like why that's very true. why the other sergeant is around anymore. Not not to go too far ahead into stuff I, that's probably going to get answered in a few months. But do we ever learn why power? What's his name? Uh, Dripple. Uh, oh, Sar- Sergeant uh, Sergeant Popwell. Popwell. Do we ever learn what Sergeant Popwell's offense was to the NWA? Was it simply incompetence? I think he found out about them. Okay, he got wise. Yeah, he got wise. Got it, got it, got yeah. it. Man, what an interesting character. Mm-hmm. A great big bushy. Oh fuck, I said it. Oh no, uh, I don't know. I just, I just like he. It's such yeah, a, well, you you see him later. I mean, that's just a setup. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. a setup for that but, joke. Like, even when you see that. You know, his mummy or whatever. Yeah. Like, Who were you? <laughs> yeah. It's like, true. what actor would have played you? Um, so everyone's having uh, everyone's having cake for breakfast. I, you know, now that I've. And it's like, it's like, it's good. It, it's legit cake. If you look at it, it's not like, you know, something from like the from Skinner's shop. That yeah. Was like in plastic or whatever. No. It looks like. A, this is like a specially made cake from a bakery or something. You know, I, I, I have now that I've. In the years that I've lived since watching this movie for the first time, you know, I've, I've done my fair share of going to new offices, working mm-hmm. in different kinds of work environments for short periods of time, if mm-hmm. you will, temporarily, mm-hmm. if I might. Uh, and I've grown to appreciate offices with things like, oh, my God, they have fucking cake or like there's free coffee all day. 
or just you know and and like i it it says so much like like the, the, the they have the time to everyone has their own personalized coffee orders mm-hmm. you know as we as we saw and like it's probably someone's job to bring cake every mm-hmm. day and they probably put or it's a different person's job every day well this this the, the, in particular with this this is a punishment for Danny oh that's right I fucking forgot yeah, yeah. it's like the, you're the, on cake duty right this is this is this is a punishment uh, yeah for for forgetting his helmet as we'll learn later and but. it's I love it it's like anyone any other cop in London would be sh- like grinning like a kid mm-hmm. yeah, like oh my god I get I get cake every day it's the safest town in London this is amazing <laughs> I lucked out I won the lottery right uh, I love angels no thanks yeah, and it's also interesting because, like, in the script, the cake thing isn't in here. Oh, um, it, it just comes into play later, like it, when everyone's eating yeah, cake yeah, yeah. is where it comes in. So it's actually not in the script uh, here. Um, instead, I think they use it to actually cut out a line mm-hmm. uh, by by like sort of distracting the the conversation oh. a little bit, so that so that Frank can change the the meaning, like change the direction of, of it and skip a line because there's a line here that's a reference to Shaun of the Dead. In oh. here that they cut out. Oh, what is it? Um, so in here it says, uh, he's, uh, Angel says, so when Frank says, I admire your enthusiasm, Nicholas, and far be it from me to stifle your flair, but this isn't London. And Angel says, with respect, sir, geographical location shouldn't factor in the application of the law. And then Frank says, but coming in all guns bla- blaring can sometimes exacerbate matters. You know, make things worse. And Angel says, I'm aware of the meaning of exacerbate, sir. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And then that's when Frank says, of course you are. Statistically, Sanford is the safest village. Oh, so yeah, you can see, yeah, yeah like, you can see where this. it's where it's cut. Yeah. And they just use the cake to. Yeah, you can see the red. Divvy it up. Becoming yeah. The cake. Yeah. Almost a kind of fib. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. With dishonesty. <laughs> yes. Okay. Um, but I do. I'm glad that that's not in there because it. It's a little cute. It's a little too cute. Yeah. And, and it's, you know, like, yeah. And, and it's, it's literally the kind of thing that. That any writer like learns to cut. Yes. When going through with a, with yes. a red pen. Right. Those um, little cute moments. And in a, in, a, in a script that is in this document that I'm looking at, 148 mm-hmm. pages. Yeah. Well, there was a, uh, we were just watching those those short films I directed because we were showing uh, the, our, our, our roommate, mm-hmm. uh, who was la- guest on the show last week, Abbott. Yes. Um, we can just talk about him now. Yeah, Caleb Abbott. Uh, so we were showing we were showing Caleb those the, the short films that I directed. And there's a moment in my third film where a character uh, does something. And I was watching it, having not watched them in probably a year and a half, at least maybe two years. Um, And I was watching them and this moment happened and I was just like, like I could feel like the internal cringe happening for me because I was like, I was like, oh, like I, I, because I realized in that moment that like, this is a reference to a a, a cut scene from my previous short film oh. and like it's just there as like a joke for the people involved in making it it's not for anyone watching it Got and it. and i hate it i sure. hate that i put it in there i hate that it stayed in there mm-hmm. um and it, it makes me it makes me cringe when i when i watch the movie i don't think anyone watching it notices i think it just like goes in one ear and out the other sure. or whatever but I know what it is and it, it drives me up a wall now. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I feel like that would have been the same thing with that exacerbate joke of just like, I really too, hate that we left that in there. It's, it's a little too cute. It's a little yeah. too self self pleasuring. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and, and this is a, this is a trilogy that has many beloved running jokes, but you know, it, it's a fine, it's a fine line and you, you know, a talented 
group knows, you know, like, okay, mm-hmm. like, yeah, him hopping the fences, that's fun. But maybe we don't need this one. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting that, um, like you were saying, though, about, about Sergeant Popwell, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand what, I don't understand what Frank is warning Angel about. Sure. In this moment. Like, I don't, you're what? right, because it, it is, it seems like he's telling him to lay off, but then, and then, like you said, he says, uh, your predecessor assumed rural policing was easy. And then he had a nervous breakdown. And it's like, yeah, like, would not, what about, Angel doesn't do anything easy. Right. Yeah. No half measures. Right. So, yeah, I'm not so, sure. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, but, uh, yeah. And then, and then, and then he says, uh, he's got one thing that you haven't got. Hmm. And, uh, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Uh, in the meantime, have you checked out, uh, slash Amazon? Because if you go there, it'll take you to Amazon and then anything you buy on Amazon will get a little, little piece of the pie or a little piece of the cake. Yeah, if you will. Uh, so if you want to give us a little piece of cake, uh, you know, go do some shopping at duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. We'll get a little little cut of uh, of the profit that Amazon gets from your sale. They're going to give us a little cut from that. Uh, and that, that helps us out. And uh, we appreciate it when, uh, when people do that. That's duelinggenre.com slash Amazon. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 18 for the greater good. The greater good. We are the Reservation Society. God save Donald